All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're looking at, I got to look across, I'm in another studio. We're about 25 minutes till 7 o'clock. Robert Steinbach will be with us next hour. We'll also hear from uh, Congressman French Hill. He made a trip down to uh, the southern border yesterday, so he'll be reporting on that with us, hear what he has to say about that. But our special guest this uh, this hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we're going to have him back on when the uh, when when both studios are working here. If you just joined us, we're having all kinds of computer issues this morning, and uh, Jeff and I were just talking, and uh, I said, "Yeah, technology's great when un- unless it isn't." <laughs> and right now, it's one of those times that it it kind of isn't right now. But Jeff Kinley is our guest. He is the author of a new book. It's called Interview with the Antichrist. His hour has come. It just dropped last week, last Tuesday, I understand. And since that time has been, I'm going to say hotly received, not warmly received. But Jeff, you got to be really happy with the way it's been received thus far. Well, I am. And I think it just is just testimony to the fact that this is really striking a chord, a need. I mean, people want to know what is going to happen in the future. And, and fortunately for us, God says, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know what's going to happen. And so he puts it right there in his word. So I wrote this novel based upon what God says is going to happen. Okay. So what's what do you think will be, well, maybe that's not a question. I don't, I don't want to blow the book for everybody because there's probably a lot of people out there that aren't believers that are going to read this book. Uh, and then there's a lot of believers that have no idea what's what's coming our way. But the bottom line is, is that uh, are there things that are in this book that uh, a lot of Christ followers are going to go, well, I didn't know that was, you know, kind of doing the Scooby-Doo <laughs> kind of thing, right? Absolutely. And, you know, what I did was I basically surveyed through the book of Revelation, end times events, and uh, chose the ones I thought would be most pertinent to this character and how he responds to it. You know, typically we read Revelation, we're thinking about the Christians on earth during that time that are suffering through that persecution. Think about the Jews. Think about, But no one thinks about what's the Antichrist thinking. Yeah. And so basically I, I portrayed this book through this young journalist and his relationship with the Antichrist and what that dynamic might look like. And I think through doing that, you sort of get a, a – a, behind the eyes scene of some of the events that take place, but it also kind of gets you in the emotion of it as well, Dave. Okay. So let me ask this question. You've, you've written this kind of fictional account and then, and people are, are buying the book. They want to read it. Just think if you'd written this book, just as a straight on eschatology, you'd, you'd be, I don't know, have a few hundred copies sitting over in the corner somewhere, keeping a door yeah. propped open. That's, why yeah. is it, why is it that, you know, the real meat doesn't seem to draw people, but they really, really, you know, get into the fictional kind of thing. That's a great question. And I think part of the answer is the fact that people love a narrative. They love a story. Uh, People love movies. Uh, I've had several people tell me this book reads like a movie. Uh, People are drawn into that sort of story uh, setting. And so I think putting it this way, my wife puts it this way, is that this novel is sort of like breadcrumbs leading them to the truth uh-huh. because at the end of the book, I have a section called Meet the Antichrist. Which I, I, I spent a little bit of time looking at. Nice yeah. job. Well, thank you. Uh, it's 30 questions that, that people typically ask about the Antichrist. I answer them straight from Scripture. Yeah, here's the big, here's the big one everybody wants. Who is it? We don't know. <laughs> right. That's the answer. We that, don't that know. That is the answer, yeah. In fact, Second Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that uh, – that the day of the Lord, the revelation of the Antichrist, will not come until the restraining influence is taken away 
I take that to mean the Holy Spirit in the church and the rapture, uh, my personal view. Uh, but no, we're not going to know. People ask me, well, is it Hillary? I was like, well, no, it's not <laughs> Hillary because the Antichrist is a man. You know, so, yeah, that's true. That's one thing. That's so, true. Uh, <clears throat> but people have tried. And the Antichrist can't even be that evil. Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I had to throw that in. (laughs) Well, people do that. We we recognize these nefarious creatures, these these political figures. Yep. And we go, yeah, it must be them. But some of these political figures may have some of the characteristics that may, you know, lean towards that. But we're talking about the full embodiment of evil itself. And uh, believe me, Hillary is not that evil. Uh, You know, the world leaders that we see right now that are ruling nations, they're not, Putin's not evil enough. Antichrist is going to be filled with Satan. That's that. That's really should scare people when they think about it that way. Think about the, think about Hitler. Mm-hmm. He doesn't embody all the evil that right. the Antichrist will have. That's right. And, and, you know, again, second Thessalonians tells us that, that the Antichrist is going to be a deceiver. Uh, he's going to have a deluding influence on people. And the thing about it is when people when you're deceived, the by definition you don't know you're being deceived. That's right. And so uh the Antichrist is going to come in with a platform of peace and safety. Uh, he's gonna promise many things, he's gonna give them that hope and change. Uh but in the end, what's gonna happen? He's gonna turn on the world. All right. Well let's talk a little bit about you. We'll make this a little bit personal now. You you're a, a great storyteller. So something in your past got you where you wanted to tell stories. What what was it? Well, it's very interesting. Uh, I was telling the group this week at Little Rock Christian Academy, speaking to about 600 high school students all week and on Bible prophecy, and I related to them that I had never read anything deeper than a comic book by age 16. Nothing bad about that now. <laughs> That's That's, right. getting, oh, it's a great world to be in. personal right now. <laughs> That's right. <yeah. laughs> But something happened in my life at age 16, and that's when I met Jesus Christ, and everything changed for me. Okay. Uh, and it got me into reading for, for the first time, reading actually things uh, of depth. I love movies. I watch movies all the time. And so there's that, that narrative, that scene. When I write books, I, I see the movie in my head. Good. And that's how I write books. And so uh, for me, when people read my books, the ones that I've written uh, that are fiction-based, uh, they say, well, I can see these scenes in my mind. So uh, I think that's maybe just a gift God's given me. Well, I, I kind of like the whole kind of fictional narrative with nonfiction information because uh, I read a book, oh, this was about a year ago, about Peter. Mm. And I never really, I understood Peter from what I read in Scripture, but this person had really fleshed it out even more, made it much easier mm-hmm. to understand that way. Yeah. I yeah. guess maybe our heads work that way. I don't know. Well, it's very interesting. Uh, a lot of millennials right now who would never read a historical book on World War II, they'll never pick up Stephen Ambrose or anything. Right. But they're reading historical fiction about World War II. I mean, that's the thing. People love a story. They, they love to be drawn into it. They love to see themselves in the story. And what I do in this story is I, I, I let people feel like they're in the room. That's the main thing. Okay. Do, you, does it, do the people feel, the reader feel, as they're reading the book, that they're the reporter? Or I would have done this if I'd been the reporter. Yeah. I think you feel what Julian is feeling, this young 28-year-old journalist. You feel the tension. Uh, you feel the intimidation. Uh, you feel the, the, the exploration of new experiences that he's going through. And, and there's a lot of different emotions that you ride on this journey with him. Okay. So how long does it take for you to put a book like this together? How long was this in the process of being written? Yeah. Well, I um, – I just saw on my Facebook feed, like one year ago, what you were doing, I was at a mountain cabin 
finishing up this story. Locked away. Locked away completely. It just It's kind of a creepy experience, to be honest, But uh, <laughs> to get all alone in a mountain cabin. But uh, I'm a little bit of a city boy, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, but to answer your question, it usually takes me, because I do this full-time, uh, beginning to end, about four to five months to get a whole story together. And then, of course, you're, you're in the, the post-production uh, stage there with design and all that stuff. So about a year total process. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. we got to get some traffic for folks. they got to have that, just like their coffee. We had to have coffee. They need the information. We're going to get that, give you the weather, all of that coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're looking at about uh, 17 minutes to 7 o'clock. Don't forget Robert to be here in the 7 o'clock hour, and so will Congressman French Hill. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, the answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, the answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. Rush will be around at 11 o'clock today. Sean Hannity coming up at 2 o'clock, so you won't want to miss that. And then... Uh, who we got coming up at 5 o'clock again today? Sekolo is coming in, right? Yep. A Sekolo will be here. Of course, I don't know whether it would be Jay or Jordan. Maybe Jordan the son because Jay is kind of busy these days in the White House. So he's he's a busy, busy character. I remember when you could get him just by – I could call his phone at home and say, Jay, can you do an hour today? Yeah, sure, Dave. <laughs> doesn't work that way anymore. I call and the gatekeeper is there. And then you try to have to work your way past the gatekeeper, and that's not easy. That's not been the case with Jeff. Jeff was really easy to work with. Jeff Kenley is my guest. He's a new author of, well, he's not a new author. He's the author of a new book, Interview with the Antichrist. His hour has come. It's a fictionalized uh, book dealing with the book of Revelation. Uh, let's talk about the mark of the beast, because everybody wants to talk about Anything happens that, you know, I'm, I'm going to use a debit card. <gasps> You're taking the mark, Dave. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. That's not happening. I mean, how do you, how did you, how did you work all of that in? I remember uh, years ago, I, when we uh, moved to, to Mobile, Alabama, the, we got a new phone number. It began with 666. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, uh, the uh, lady at the phone company said, do you have a problem with that? I said, no, as long as you don't put it on my hand or my forehead, I'm fine. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, the mark of the beast gets a, a lot of press, and it's it's really interesting because uh, uh, Scripture says that, that there will be a, an identifying mark uh, that the Antichrist will require of all humanity in the second half of this seven-year period, and the mark will really serve two purposes. It'll, it'll number one, uh, be your economic passport. Yeah, because you uh, can't buy or sell anything. That's right, and, and it really will, will cause people to – uh, become one in this world economy. You know, the, the, the European Union, the whole Euro thing has tried to unite Europe. Well, Antichrist will do that uh, through this uh, new uh, mark. And the second thing about it, Dave, is that it will identify you as a worshiper of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Now, that is kind of the game changer because uh, it's one thing to kind of get on board with an economic program, but it's a whole nother deal to say, I'm going to worship this man who now is claiming to be God in the flesh. So uh, the Greek word there is the word karagma. Uh, it's a word that was used as a, a tattoo in the first century or some sort of a identifying mark. Uh, of course, you have the 666 aspect of that. Right. People ask what that's going to be, and uh, uh, people have used the uh, the Hebrew uh, gematria, which is a, a way of assigning numerical uh, values to uh, letters of the alphabet. And of, course, of course, that comes up as everybody, as John F. Kennedy to uh, Richard Nixon to Henry Kissinger and you all these it, other people. You name it, they'll figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I don't think we're going to be able to figure that out until the Antichrist actually is appeared. I don't think that believers personally are going to be there at that time. Uh, but the world's going to know. 
And uh, it is going to be an identifying mark that's going to be required for every person on planet Earth. All right. I always like to remind people that it says, as it, as it was in the days of Noah, shall, so it shall be in the last days. It was really dark in the times of Noah. Yeah. Yeah. It was so dark, God destroyed humanity, that's basically. Right. That's right. That's pretty doggone dark. Yeah. And you know that passage uh, in Jesus that Jesus spoke of, the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, verse 37, you just quoted. Uh, when you rewind back to the days of Noah, what you see is these emerging characteristics that are rising out of humanity and the godlessness, the violence, the sexual immorality, uh, just a sense of apostasy. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about Noah or are you talking <laughs> right. about now? Exactly. And that's the point <laughs> is that uh, and when I wrote the book, as it was in the days of Noah, I showed how we're in the process of ramping up to another days of Noah. And as you look around, Dave, you see we're, we're just we're pushing God out of every aspect mm. of our society. And you know, at some point, you know, Romans chapter one says at some point, God just says, well, if that's what you want, I'll let you have, have it. it. That's right. And so that's, we're seeing really the effects of that in our society right now. I mean, I think about the bad things that are going on right now, and God is still in play. I cannot imagine what it will be like when he removes his hand. Right. It, it's going to be like a, a dam break, a really a tsunami of sin. It's going to be Mardi Gras on steroids and across the whole world. And, and, and the thing about it is that, you know, God is currently holding back, I think, through the church, through believers. Uh, I would agree with sin. that. And uh, but when we're gone, who's going to speak up for the unborn? Uh, who's going to speak up for traditional marriage? You know, right now, if you'd have said ten years ago that pedophilia was going to be something that uh, the American Psychiatric Association is going to be saying, well, it's really not a. It's not I a disease. did. Nobody, everybody <laughs> said I was nuts, but yeah, I did. Right, and I I did too. And people like us, we we have our fingers on the pulse of society and culture. We can see those things coming. But, you know, nowadays they're saying that we need to destigmatize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. On, on a recent HGTV show, they had a thruple uh, together, a man and two women who were living as a, a, a three-married couple kind of thing. Those types of things were unheard of in, in our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation. But now they're being accepted worldwide. Well, they might have been heard of, but nobody would talk about right, it right. openly. Or, yeah, you know, tolerate. and it wasn't, it wasn't accepted. Well, that's just the way they want to live. Yeah. Just let them, you know, that whole thing. Uh, now it's, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, and he barred the door. Right. Right. Can you imagine a world where there are no Christians, uh, to speak against, uh, immorality and it's just, again, it's, it's just a floodgate. Well, immorality will be all there is. There'll be right. no more morality. Right. That's right. Everybody will be doing as they see fit in their own yeah. life. Well, as I told this group uh, this week, this group of high school students, I said, you know, if, if you were to take God out of the picture, just leave him out of the story for a second, man left to himself will mess this thing up. I mean, we're bad really bad as we are. So we don't really need any help because our sin nature and that type of thing yep. will just take over. And that's what we're going to see. Uh, we're going to see our sin nature in the days of Noah that are coming again in the days of the Antichrist. Uh, it's going to be a day where the sin is going to reign, that depraved mind is going to be controlling things. And, of course, the Antichrist is the epitome of that. Right now in, in, in the, uh, the culture we live in, the term that is used constantly that I literally hate mm. is my truth. Well, my truth is this and my truth is that. And we argue this point on the air constantly. There is only one truth. Right. The truth is the truth. It don't care if that's your truth yeah. or not. It's the truth. Exactly. Yeah, people love to say that because it makes them feel good about the choices that, that sure. they've made. 
But guess what? Hitler had his truth. Stalin had his truth. So what makes their truth bad or good unless you have an absolute standard of truth to measure it against? Yeah, if you don't have that, well, it's like my grandfather used to say, if you fall for this, you'll fall for anything. That's right. And it, it's very, very, it's very true. Yeah. All right, so things, everything is going well as far as your book is concerned. People are reading it. They want to hear it. Uh, what's your thoughts? Is there a possibility somebody might want to take, or want, maybe one of the Christian filmmaking uh, businesses out there want to bring this to the big screen for you? Well, you never know. You know, I wrote the uh, the Brandon Burlesworth story years ago, and that became a movie. So uh, you, you never really? know. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you wrote that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's called Greater. Yeah. The movie. So uh, you never know when someone might take a fictional story and turn it into a, a movie type thing. I've got a, a couple of guys that are screenwriters that uh, said, hey, s- send me a copy of this thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I think that, again, it's a compelling story. It's based on truth. And uh, I think people are, once they get into it, now I had a lady say the other day, she said, anytime I see the word Antichrist, I run. And I said, well, yeah. you don't need to run. No. Uh, because the st- we win in the end. This thing. Well, that's the whole thing. I never understood people who were afraid. Yeah. That's why, I mean, 365 times mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible says, be not afraid. Right. Yeah, know, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a command. It is. In fact, it's the, the most often repeated command in the Bible is do not fear. And so the thing I love about this story and God's story, obviously, is that the conquering Christ comes back in the end. And people are going to find at the end of this book, people come all the time and say, Jeff, how do I get people to read about Revelation? I said, look, this book is a book you can give to people. In the end, it gives them opportunity to trust Christ there as your Savior. All right. So is there going to be interview with the Antichrist part two? <laughs> Well, if this book continues to do well, I, I've got two others in this trilogy. Okay, that I'm you got a about. trilogy. Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> so, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. we got to get to the point. I've always wondered what that will look like now with all the special effects they yeah. got yeah. when they do the return of Christ. I mean, I, you, you yeah. hear about it, talk about it in in, in biblical account that the mm-hmm. the sky is going to roll back like a right. scroll. Right. And I think about that, and I go, you know, everybody's going to be going about their normal lives, and all of a sudden, this this huge event that's going to change the whole history of man is going to happen. And I've always wondered what it's going to be like. Yeah. I don't think Hollywood can even touch well, what I'm, it's going I'm to be like you. when, when Jesus comes back, it's going to be an epic event. In fact, Revelation one seven says every eye will see. Him. Yeah. Speaking of technology, you know, that may be that, that supernatural event where every person is tuned in. You know, right now, if something happens across the world in a minute or two, we know about it. So. Well, that's when we, we all have to get a chip in our brain. <laughs> and the government will tune us in. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that that's, uh, that's what's going to happen. Jeff, this has been really a fun time with you uh, spending this hour. I had, uh, thought we'd do 30 minutes. We ended up doing an hour. I'd like to have you back. Love and I had no idea that you wrote Greater. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie, so, and uh, I hadn't read the book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that much about Burlesworth. I'm not from the South originally, uh, but he sounds like a good old Southern boy to me and uh, had a big heart and had a great impact on people. So, okay, I got, how long do I got? I got 60 seconds? Okay, 60 seconds. (laughs) Let me ask, what was it about that story that said to you, I got to write this? My father-in-law, long-term, long-time Razorback fan, uh, said to me, if you write your next book, it's got to be on this kid. And I did the research, and I just thought, man, this guy is too good to be true. But everything was true about it. And uh, it was an emotional experience to write the book, uh, to see it come out, and, of course, to see the movie happen as well. 
All right. Well, it's great to have you on. I hope this turns into a movie. We need some movies like this. I just went and saw Call of the Wild last night. Mm. Let me just tell you, it's a great family mm. film. Mm. Go see it. You'll enjoy it. Jack London's one of my favorite authors. You'll enjoy that. And, Jeff, we'll get you on here in the near future again. I That's really good. want to have you back on. Thanks for having me on, Dave. All right. Let's take a quick break. we got news coming your way, and then we'll be back with more. Uh, Robert Steinbach will join us, of course, a legal professor over at the Bowen School of Law, and we'll hear from Congressman French Hill. That's all coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 1011 FM, the answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 